0: Amen. 6. Ephesians chapter 6. The next layer in our series. Entitled, Warring and Winning. Overcoming Evil in the Last Days. You know, when you read the scriptures, you see that evil will increase. You see there will be an exponential explosion of wickedness in the earth. Jesus said, as it was in the days of noah so it would be in the days of the coming of the son of man the word said during the generation of noah that the earth was filled with violence said that that the the minds of men and women were continually corrupt their imaginations were corrupt jesus also said as it was in the days of sodom and gomorrah so it would be in the days of the coming of the son of man hey church aren't we witnessing those things coming together you know there are stuff that we i turn on and, and watch on tv that years ago people would have turned red and blushed over some of the things that the culture has just gotten used to and it says because jesus said in matthew 24 because of the increase of wickedness the love of many shall grow cold and so love is has been diminished at least true love people the world talks about love and different kinds of love but it's not god's love and so we're living a day when evil is unfolding and exploding all around us but god has given us a weapon god has given us a means to get from where we are he appointed us to this time at this point in history to get through this and that's what this armor is all about all right ephesians 6 let's pick it up in verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Would you lay your hands on your Bible right now? And let's come into agreement on the Word. Father, I ask you right now to break through. Help me, Lord, to stand here and preach your Word. Father, I'm going to preach your Word to this church. God, I'm going I'm to stand here, Lord, as best I can and speak what you've said to us I pray that all of us be in a receptive mode that Lord if our minds distracted right now help us to harness our thoughts and to listen what the Holy Spirit is saying Father I ask you Lord right now to come and lift this heaviness off this church Lord help us to break through God because our best days really are yet ahead they're not behind Lord, I believe that, and I believe there are people sitting here who also believe that. So, Lord, we expect it. Come on, I need somebody helping me pray right now. Lord, we expect it. I expect it. Lord, we believe that good things are ahead for us. And so, Lord, I thank you for a breaker anointing. I thank you, Lord, that our past does not define our future. So, Lord, help me to stand and unto the anointing of your Holy Spirit to preach and to give revelation of this armor that you've given, Lord, and especially this part of this armor, this Word of God. I ask you, Lord, to speak to us and let your Word penetrate. Let it be alive. Let it divide asunder the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. Let it go in and discern our thoughts and our hearts. God, we give this to you today. We give this word to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So what we learn from the Scripture, church, is that there are going to be battles. Uh, There are going to be battles in the natural. All right? There are going to be things. We know that as far as a nation. Our history is a history of battles, is it not? We as families... Anybody who's been married more than 24 hours know that there are battles that will come. Come on now. Uh, So battles are natural. Battles are also supernatural. And what the Holy Spirit, through the pen of Paul the Apostle, is trying to tell us is that there is going to be a spiritual war. And he tells us, he starts out, now again I repeat this for our Uh, for for our remembering because there are certain things I want you to take away from this and there are certain things I will repeat again and again so that when the Lord quickens this you get in a place of battle you go, okay, what did the word say? What did God say in that place? First of all, he starts out this layering or this progressive revelation. says that you have been blessed and in, in, with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's you. You have already been blessed. It's there. It's waiting. And the Word of God says that God raised you up with Christ and seated you in heavenly places. Now, I know you're sitting on the corner of... Darby and Cloyd but spiritually you were seated in heavenly places with God. Alright so that's been established. Apparently we need to remind ourselves that I'm not under the enemy's uh, foot. I'm not under his oppression. I've been raised up and seated with God in heavenly places. Then it goes on to say our p- position in Christ determines our condition in Christ. Stay with me now. It says that you you and I are to walk Worthy of the calling that we've received. Are you child of God? Are you walking worthy of the calling that God has on your life? In other words, the price that was paid for you was so uh, amazing that you should not live beneath the privilege of who you are and, and your calling on your life. So he says you need to walk worthy of the calling. We need to walk in love. It says there that we need to walk in love. It says we need to walk in light. We need to walk in wisdom. There's four walks that when we're seated in heavenly places, we're to walk in these things. And then he brings us to this place. And all of a sudden, he says, Now, when the warfare comes, I'm so thankful that war for us does not take place 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Amen? Because there are seasons of war. Sometimes those seasons are protracted. Sometimes they tarry it. Seems like we've been in war for a long time. But eventually, as the book of Psalms says, uh, he maketh wars to cease. There will come a time in our warring that you will break through. I am want to encourage you today. I want to encourage us today that we get that breakthrough. And it says, I'm going to read it here in just a moment, that after the devil had tempted Jesus in the wilderness, it says, and he left him. How many of you have found sometimes you get up and it feels like there's 37 devils around your house? You can just feel, they're there. And, and, and then other days, you feel up, and it's kind of, it kind of feels light and wavy around here. It kind of feels like, wow, like God's in this place. And why is that? Because the devil has left until an opportune time. So battles will come and go. What is God trying to tell us as a church and tell you as a warrior? It's saying that you need to be ready you need to be equipped so that when the enemy comes in like a flood... you hear that? It didn't say if the enemy comes in. When the enemy comes in like a flood. He said to Peter, You're, He said Satan has desired you to sift you as wheat. In other words, what he was saying, t- he was saying, Peter, he's coming. And he said, I'm going I'm to lift my hand and I'm going to let him sift through to see what's inside of you. He said, but I'm praying for you that you'll be strong. Yeah. And then it says... Peter, the same one that Jesus said, Satan is coming, has desired you. Peter writes to us and says, your adversary. Who's he talking about? Your adversary. The devil walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So what is he saying? You're going to face spiritual warfare. Folks, the whole reason I believe the Lord had me, directed me, toward doing this series is to equip us and make us ready for these last days the evil that's out there you and I need to know how to fight we need to know what the weapons of our warfare are so that we can have the victory the truth is if you read it in the word if I see it in the word correctly that you can be a Christian and go into heaven but be defeated in your spiritual walk because you do not know who you are and you do not know what your weapons are all right. So we need to be familiarize ourselves. And he says here, and and you are to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Now I put that up there. I left out the the uh, the helmet, but it says there to take. Same way it says to take up the shield of faith, which means apparently you can lay it down. Apparently you can lay your weapon down. And even though you're a soldier, even though you're a warrior, and he's saying to you, he's saying, you need to pick it up, pick up, put on your helmet, and put on the uh, and and um, and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Remember, we said this: the first rule of warfare is know your enemy. Know your enemy. How he fights. How, what are his tactics? What are his strategies? How does, what are his counter against us? My definition that I take from another pastor is simply this. I don't want to make us demon conscious. I want to be Jesus conscious. Amen. I, I, I like this. that spiritual warfare begins with the name of Jesus on our lips, but the nature of Jesus in our hearts. That way, when the prince of this world comes, he the, he finds nothing in us because it's all been given over to Jesus and that gives us the victory. All right, so he says, I want you to be seated in heavenly places. I want you to walk. But now I want you to learn to stand and take that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word sword is the word machaira. The word machaira. Now, I was going to try to get... Uh, uh, An illustration. The best I've got a little letter opener here, but this I kind of feel a little weird because this is like a puny, (laughs) you know, you know. But I want to tell you this: uh, the Word of God is not really this puny. (laughs) Amen. It's it's mighty. Did you know that there are actually five different kind of swords that a Roman soldier would fight with? There are five. the The the, the first one a lot of people think of is is the sword is called the, the Gladys. It was a very large sword. It's about about five feet, five feet long, and, and and it was held with two hands. And it usually was just one sided, a one sided blade. This was the kind that you see that they fight. You know, and, and they man, you swing it's like, like swinging a baseball bat. I man, if you hit somebody with that, I mean, if it didn't cut them open, it would knock them out because the thing was heavy. All right. And then there, were, there was a, a, another sword that we're just going to take you through. And one was more like a dagger. And they would keep that tucked away close in, uh, if they, in case they needed it. Then there were two other swords. One was uh, kind of a more, a more slender one uh, that was long. It was used in battle. And then one was very slender. Kind of like the ones, if you've heard, they, when they're um, fencing, when they're fighting like that. But this particular one... It's very specific. The Lord gives us specifically which sword he's talking about. And it's machairah. It's a double-edged sword or a two-edged sword about 19 inches long. Now, this is not even a foot long. So, in other words, it's it's a little over a foot long. And now, watch this. Now, watch me. It's real important because I'm trying to equip us to understand what you've been given by the Lord to fight the enemy in battle. By the way, the sword that you have, the Word of God, is the most lethal weapon you possess as a Christian against the enemy. I want to tell you this the sword that you have, that you possess, is so powerful, your enemy, your adversary, is helpless. And cannot stop it. That's how powerful it is. Now let me ask you. Do you know what it is and do you use it? Do you know that every piece of the armor is connected to the belt of truth? In fact, we learn that this sword is put in a sheath and it's hung on that belt. It's usually round the, because there's a defensive arm, usually what was held with the shield. In the defensive arm, he would pick up the shield, but there was a link. He could hang it on his belt. The shield of faith is connected to the Word of God because the belt of truth represents the Word of God. All the pieces of the armor represent the Word of God. He would reach with his offensive arm with his fighting arm and he would pull his shield out to fight with it. Now, here's what I've learned from this: that word "makaira" means that, that it it is not it's not the one that you, you fight with with swinging. You know, this is what I've learned in this study. I've always thought, well, when it says "take into yourself the the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God," I always thought, well, that must be that big sword. Oh, Christians, listen, that's not what this sword is, and that's not how you use it. It's not for swinging, although it can be used, but that's not how it's most lethal. That's why it's as long and it's a double edge. You know how it's used and what the Holy Spirit used that word? You know how you use it? It's not used to cut. Listen, watch this now. It's used to penetrate. And what they would do, and I don't know we've got some kids in here, I don't want to get too graphic, but some would say that part of that sword had a hook at the end of it, that a warrior, when he would get in, that he would, he would take and he would stab his opponent, and when he stabbed him, he would, take him, he would twist it. And when he would pull it out, it would literally open them up. You have a weapon that when the enemy comes after you, but listen, you say, why why not the swinging? Because the word of God says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Do you hear that? It means if you catch that, the proximity of our warfare means that the devil's not out there in the parking lot and and we're going to throw rocks at him. No, it means when he comes in like a flood, when he comes in, it means he's going to come in close. We wrestle not. It means it's close enough to where it's going to be with arm's length. It's going to be eye to eye. And when the enemy comes in like that, the Word of God says that you have a sword. And that when he comes close, that you can pierce him. And you can gut him, if I can put it that way. It's lethal to him that, because the Word of God is powerful. Can I get an amen? Amen. You're good, you're good listeners. And this and it says, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now there's another word I want to point out to you here. The word there for word is the word Rhema. The word Rama, the the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, it's the Rama of God. It means this a word that is spoken clearly, spoken in undeniable language, spoken in an unmistakable language unquestionable certain and definite terms it is a quickened word that is powerful it is a quickened word that is powerful now I don't have this on the uh, screen but I want you to turn and look at it with me. go, go to, to, to Luke I want to show you how Jesus used the sword of the spirit which is the word of God uh, Luke chapter 4 I'm going to pick it up in verse 1. And Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and being tempted for 40 days by the devil. In those days he ate nothing and afterwards uh, when they had ended he was hungry. All right, now verse 3. Now stay with this and watch now because God put this... this um, Story in the word of God to give you and I a picture of how the enemy is going to come and how Jesus defeated him. All right, verse three, it says, and the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God or by every word of God. Verse 5, then the devil taking him up to a high place showed him the kingdoms of this world in a moment of time. In other words, it was by revelation. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you in their glory for this was delivered to me. Yeah, by Adam. And I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. You see, Satan is after our worship. And in verse 8, Jesus responds. He says, Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Verse 9. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. And Jesus responds says, It is, or excuse me, Satan quotes the scripture. He says, For it is written, The angels shall give, you, give charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You notice that? I just want to pause and, and make a comment about that. If you say, Well, I just need to know the Bible. No, friends, it's not just a matter of knowing the Bible. It's a matter of having revelation of the word of God. Do you understand? There's a lot of. I, I, I went to Bible college and had had uh, you know professors that had PhDs, and there are a lot of people who go to church that have a, a lot of knowledge of Scripture. Listen, the knowledge of the Bible is not the same as the Word of God or the the Sword of the Spirit. What it means? Because why? Because look, he's quoting the Scripture. Why there? Why is there not power to it? Because it's not the Sword. It's not quickened by the Holy Spirit. It's not made alive. You say, oh, my, my, my. It says, the word of God is quick. It's alive. You hearing this? It's active. Oh, somebody hold your Bible. You understand this book right here is like no other book in the whole world. This is a living book. It has power in it. It has has life in it, but not for everybody. Satan's quoting it here. So apparently, in this case, it has, in fact, it has a dulling effect. It has a of the letter that kills instead of the spirit that gives life. And so here we go. Satan says, he's quoting, he's quoting around right Psalm 91 to, to Jesus. And, and now let's see what he responded. Verse 12. He answered and said to him, It is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed. From, from him until an opportune time. And I just got to point out verse 14 because we've looked at this before, but I want you to see it with your own eyes. Notice in verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. If you read verse 1, it says he went in in the fullness of the Spirit. But after spiritual warfare, he came out in the power of the Spirit. Do you see the difference? He overcame the devil. And the reason, by the way, I like to use uh, Luke's... Um, Uh, reflection of it is that he is actually showing where Jesus is going back and recovering what was lost in the garden the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the pride of life in this sequence Uh, Jesus went back and recovered everything that was lost and gained the victory. The word of God, he made a public spectacle over the devil, triumphed over him at the cross, said he nailed the accusing documents that hold our condemnation to the cross, that he took that on himself. He defeated the enemy. Now he walks down from the cross and he says, now you have the victory if you'll enter into what I've already accomplished. And then he says, now when you stand know that when the enemy comes, I've given you a weapon. It's called the Word of God. It's called the Rama. That's the reason, you yeah, understand this. He's not saying that we should use the Word of God like a rabbit's foot. Or it's like an Aladdin's lamp. You just take the Bible and you rub it and, and, and some kind of wish will come out. Or some kind of uh, four-leaf clover. What, is, what makes the Word of God powerful is is when God speaks to you or gives you revelation of that word. Let's look at uh, this: why it's important for it to be the spoken word. Romans ten eighteen. It's not just something that's in our head. It's not just something we've learned by reading books or studying. It's something that we've put in our mouth and we speak it by faith. It says, And the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith. We proclaim. So the word needs to be not just in your mind. Yes, it needs to be in your heart. But do you see there? It's supposed to be in our mouth. Come on, somebody. You know that even salvation is a matter. He says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, uh, that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Because confession is what's revealing what's in our heart. That's the reason when you see a, a, a bride and a groom come down to, to say their vows, the preacher just doesn't go look at them and say, well, you know, just think in your heart what you think about her. And why don't you think in your heart your vows toward him? What does he have to say? They say their vows because once you say it, it activates the life that's behind it. And when the Lord gives you a word, you're to speak it. You say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. What about Jesus? Watch this now, how it works. He said, who do men say that I am? They said, well, some say you're Isaiah, some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said, but who do you say that I am? He's waiting for their confession, child of God. Your Father in heaven is waiting for your confession. Don't seal it up. Don't just well, I think it. It's not the same if you just think it. you got to speak what you believe. Listen, if you believe that God heals, you need to go and you need to start speaking it. You need to, by his stripes, I was healed. If you believe that God wants you to be free from addiction and from bondage, then don't go around and say, well, I, I, I intend to think that in my heart. No, you go and you say, the word of God says, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so you start saying over, you say, I'm free. But what is, what is, and Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. Now what does Jesus say to him? Watch, a rhema came to him. He says, Peter, he said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. This sword of the Spirit is not something we can see with our eyes. But it is the Holy Spirit standing there. When your enemy comes after you, the Holy Spirit will wait and see what his tactic, what, his, what is he coming after you with. And whatever angle, however he's trying to flank, whatever way he's trying to come at you, the Holy Spirit looks and waits and says, oh, you need a word. And he hands you a dagger. He hands you a sword and says, use this. And in that that rhema, when you take it and you stab the enemy, it's lethal. Because what happened to the enemy? Do you notice that the enemy could not come back at Jesus? He didn't come back and say, ah, no, no, no. There was no refutation. There was no rebuttal. When Jesus said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. And him only shall you. He took that sword and he stuck it in his heart. And he he, he defeated him by the word of God. That's why we need to not just know it in our head, but we've got to speak it. Uh, 2 Corinthians four thirteen says, And having the same spirit of faith, according to it is written, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. You see that? We don't just believe, child of God. We also speak, and we believe, and therefore we speak. So we know that it's a spoken word. It's a given word. This is what Jesus said to all seven churches in the book of Revelation. He says... To him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Are you listening, child of God? Oh, I just want to pray right now. I'm not into my... I just want to stop right now. Everybody looking around. Everybody eye eye open. Everybody looking around. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us to hear your voice. In these last days, we're evil and unfolding around us. Help us to dial in. Help us to tune into your voice. As a church, Holy Spirit, we need to hear your voice. Amen. In Jesus' name. That's the most important thing. Do you know there's a lot of voices out there, aren't there? But in this warfare, we need to hear that word because it's Jesus says to him who has ears. That, that doesn't mean what's on the side of here. It means are you listening? You know, I've, I've sat in church for years. you know that people can sit in church and be looking at the preacher while he's talking but not listening? Right. Oh, come on. Because I, I know it. I've sat in meeting where after the meeting, somebody would come up and said, well, you said so-and-so. And I, I, I was like, um, no, I didn't. And I remember one time her husband was standing with She said, She said, you said so-and-so. I said, no, ma'am, I sure didn't. He's, and she looked at her husband and said, didn't he say it? And he looked and he said, he didn't say that. What does that mean? Do you know that sometimes you can hear somebody say something, but you hear it a different way because of where your mind is set? It's so important, church, for us to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church and not misconstrue it. All right? So he says, I want you to know what my Spirit is saying to the church because I'm speaking. So it's a given word. It's not something... Because it's like, you know, it's not like, again, that we use uh, the Bible bible or the word of god like some lucky charm you know you know and i just need to say this when it says that that word that that sword is that machira 19 inches long notice that it's short (laughs) for a long-winded preacher it's short which means this if god gives you a word to fight with sometimes it doesn't have to be long I know of people that have walked up to me and said, Pastor, will you help me interpret this word of prophet? It's 20 pages long. Somebody gave me this word at a conference and I'm trying to figure it out. Can you sort it out for me? You know, I have found many of the times when God wants to give you the victory over the enemy of your life, it it can be one word. And it might not even be a word that's necessarily in the Bible, but it will not violate the Bible. It may be a sentence or a phrase. Do you know that when God made you, you are unlike any other creature. You are the the speaking creature. You are the creature that prays. When God breathed his his life into, into man, he became a living soul. And now you're made in the image and likeness of God. Now when you form words, they are like God's words. That's why the word says, watch your words. The words have the life of power and death and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Jesus said, you'll be judged by your words. Whether uh, by your words, you'll be acquitted. By your words, you'll be condemned. Are you with me out there? It's so important. The psalmist said, Psalm 138.3 or thirty-eight eight says, Set a watch at my lips, O Lord. You know, we can sin with our mouth. You've got to watch what you say. Oh, friend, watch what you say over yourself. You know, well, 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 my mama died with cancer. I guess I am too. Watch what you say. Well, daddy had diabetes. I guess at some point I, watch what you say. Well, everybody in my family died at 74. I guess I, watch what you say because you will have what you say. That's why you better make sure with whatever you're saying, it better line up and agree with the word of God. Because there's life into it. But when you speak it, it releases it. It releases the life of what you say is what you'll have. Now, I know that's kind of been abused with the whole believe it and receive it and blab it and grab it. Uh, but but, but, there's, but there's a lot of truth to that. That's why it has, has been perverted. So, I believe, therefore have I spoken. And So he says, to him who has ears, let him hear. So we need to, by the way, thinking about that, how about Jesus... Um, Saying to his disciples, he said, Now listen, 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 listen. He says, I only say those things that I hear my Father saying. Do you hear that, child of God? How important is it for us to get our voice in sync with what our Father is saying? If the Holy Spirit's speaking, then I need to say what he's saying. Hey, hey, hey. But if he's not talking, shut your mouth. If he's not speaking, then I'm not speaking. I only hear those, I only say those things which I hear my Father. And in other places, it says, I only do those things which I see my Father doing. You know, that's our, at the end of this day, when you go and you lay your head on that pillow, aren't you thankful for a warm bed? Yes, amen. Come on, somebody, on these old cold nights, how'd you like to be out sleep in the yard under the hedges or something, you know? You got a nice one... Think about tonight when you lay your head on your pillow. Your greatest achievement today will be if you pleased your Father. Oh, He loves you already, and you can't change that. He loves you as much, just sitting right there where you are. He lo- and that love doesn't change where you're up or down, good or bad, um, naughty or nice, you know, all that stuff. He loves you just the same. But understand, your pleasure of Him determines uh, is determined by your walk with Him. And, and by the end of the day, the greatest pleasure you'll have is when you lay your head and you'll know, Father, I, today, this 24, these, these 24 hours of this gift that you gave, I did only those things which are pleasing in your sight. I only said the things that I, I heard you saying. I only did the things that I saw you doing. Hey, child of God, what greater achievement could you and I have today than that? So... I want a challenge. That's a challenge for you and me. We we need to come to that place. Let him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. It is the obeyed word. Look at this. Because it is just, it it can be just one word. Noah got a word from the Lord about an ark. And and he obeyed it. And, And it was, and it came to pass. Abraham received his calling. And because he pursued and obeyed that, it It was accounted to him, Joseph had a word that came through a dream in genesis thirty seven he had that dream, and that dream took place just as as the word of the Lord came to him. Do you know that God can speak to you in in your sleep uh you need to you need to pray, oh man I, I want to do a whole series on this, but you need to pray for the Holy Spirit to enter into your dream cycles. Do you know oftentimes God will speak to us in our dreams, but because we do not capture it when we wake up, it will be like the vapor of the morning. You will have lost it. Because the Word says, He giveth to His beloved while they sleep. Now I know it says He gives to His beloved, but actually technically God, when He gets you in your subconscious, He's trying to talk to you. Oftentimes your dreams are prophetic. So you need to ask Him, Holy Spirit, come. And and God walk through my dreams. Study dreams in the Bible; it will blow you away. Moses' mandate, Exodus two and four, that he got that word from the Lord. I want you to go to Egypt. All right, Mary. Oh, I love that one right here at um, at Christmas time. I, I love that song that Mark Lowry wrote. Mary, did you know that your baby boy? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a great song? Uh, the, the, and the child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Ooh, that's good. But what happened? Now watch this. She got a Rhema. She got a powerful word that would be in battle, that would crush the Satan, the, the, the serpent's head. He says, and, and and the angel says, and the Holy Spirit will brood, will overshadow you, it says. And it says, and you shall and, and you shall conceive, and in that thing which you shall conceive shall, shall be the, called the Holy One. And what did she say? Be it unto me according to your word. So she received a raiment. Do you see what happened? There was nothing in her womb. Something physically happened because of something spiritually said when she said, now this is what I believe, that, that Jesus was not conceived at any moment in her womb, but until she looked back at the angel and said, be it unto me according to your word. Instantly the Holy Spirit put the seed inside of her. Ramah has the power to release the life of God and the word of God. But you've got to speak it. It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Are you still out there? Mary, there, she's a good, Paul, let me run through this. His conversion, God gave him a word to go and, 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 and uh, go to Ananias' house. There Ananias' house, he, he, he learned about his salvation, a word of the Lord. He, he was sent out by a word, Acts 13, it says, in the church fasted and prayed, and listen to this, and the Holy Spirit spoke and said, sanctify for me Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've called them to do. So you see, the, the Holy Spirit spoke, and when he gave them that sword, they went out and changed the world because they were given a word from the Lord. Uh, in, in his leading, he, in Acts 16, says that he had a dream About a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. So he was led by the Spirit to go to Macedonia. And when he obeyed the word, the word came to pass. It's an undeniable word. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 11. I picked these um, for time's sake. God says, for your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but will accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So, okay, church, we know that this is the Logos, this is the written word, and this is the word that Jesus quoted when he said it is written. But understand, when Jesus quoted it, the Logos became the Rhema. Has that ever happened to you, you're reading your Bible? And you're just minding your own business and you're just reading along. And all of a sudden, a word or a line jumps off at the page at you. How many of you that, that's happened to you before? All right. Do you know what happened? The Holy Spirit just gave you a sword. He gave you a rhema. And when the enemy comes after you in that with any kind of warfare, if you'll use that word against him, it, it destroys him. He's helpless against the word that the Holy Spirit will give you. And it says, when God gives you a word, it will not return to him empty, but will accomplish that which he has sent it forth into the earth to do. Amen? You know, we see that it's it's in the natural, but it's definitely in the supernatural. How about this? How about things that... That, is, that once they're spoken, they become established. Can you think of something like that? How about, watch now. Um, the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. I believe that was Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Um, ask not what you can do for your country. Ask, I'm trying to do my New England accent. Ask what you can do for your country, JFK. Is, is that right? Did I get it right? I got it. Y'all retranslate that. I got it backwards. <laughs> Hear what I intend, not what I said. There you go. Uh, oh, how about this? I have a dream. See, every one of us in this room... Connect with it, why? Because it was spoken words and it became a part of our nomenclature. It becomes a part of our identity because those words, how powerful, they echo into eternity. Think about how powerful your words are. Oh, one of my favorite, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. All right, all of us know that because the power of the spoken word. Child of God, do you realize what is inside of you? Do you realize as the speaking creature, the creature who prays, that the word of God in your mouth is the same as in his mouth? And when you speak it with faith, it activates it. It becomes powerful. You can speak to mountains and say, be thou removed. You can curse curse sickness and say, you don't belong in my body. I'm a child of God. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. You hear that? I mean, all the things, I'm blessed and highly favored. I know that's kind of gotten uh, hyped up and, and, and all of that. But the truth is, that is true. That's why it's become a cliche. The, so here's why I just want to encourage you. Somebody comes up after service and says, Well, how are you doing? If you say, Well, I'm blessed and highly favored, don't just mouth it, say it with an attitude. Look them dead in the eye and say, I'm blessed. And I'm highly favored. Say it like you mean it. Because you are. Amen. And he says, I'm watching over my word. Do you know right now, he's watching over his word. That's why I'm so careful to get up here, church. I I don't want to get up here and just give you my opinion. That's not going to change your life. That won't advance his kingdom. But I want to know one thing. If I get in prayer and the Holy Spirit, and with all my heart, and there are probably times I know I miss it. But I can tell you this, with all my heart, I get before him before I get up here and say, oh God, when I stand up before your people, help me to preach your word and what you're saying to this church, not just because I got online and saw somebody else's outline and thought, that'd be a great idea, you know. No, we need a word from the Lord. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, sir. Well, then feed my sheep. So I said to the Lord, I love you. And he says, well, Bill, do you love me? Yes, sir. Well, then stand up there and feed my sheep the word of God. Don't just give them your opinion. And so, I want to I encourage you to get to the place to where you're hearing his word, you're speaking his word, and now I've found out that when you speak his word, he's watching you. He says, wait a minute. That man has spoken my word. He, she has come into agreement with me. I will come down and establish the words of her mouth. Whew. Watch what you say. I see he's speaking and he is saying my word. I will release and come down from heaven. Heaven will come down to earth. Pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now because he's speaking my word, I will come down and establish heaven through his words because he's saying my words. I'm watching over my word. So look at this. The sword of the spirit is the most lethal weapon in our arsenal. Come on, Frank, and help me close. Let me just go through these real quick in conclusion. The, the, the sword of the Spirit is the most lethal weapon in our arsenal. Child of God, I love you. And I, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you. Do you know how to use it? When you're under attack, do you do like Jesus? Do you speak the word back to the enemy? Do you speak the word to yourself? If so, then let today, let something, I'm praying something goes off inside of you. I'm praying something triggers your spirit, man, deep down inside just, wait a minute. I've not been speaking the word. When, when temptation comes, I just go, oh, well, here we go again. Instead of speaking to my lust, speaking to my anger, speaking uh, uh, to, to, to my poverty mentality, whatever it is, speaking what I think instead of say, repeating what God says. When your enemy comes in, he pulls in close. If you'll pull out that sword, put it inside him and turn it. And you can take him down, standing right there. The word you have is a powerful, powerful word. It's always connected. The spirit of truth is the word, the sword of the spirit. It's always connected to the loin belt. It's a double-edged, razor-sharp sword. That's why I've cut this message right here where it is. Because that, that deserves more development. That's where I'm going to pick it up. Do you know why it's a double-edged sword, because it cuts two ways. That's where I want to pick up. But you got to know how it's used, and it's razor sharp. It's activated by the power of the Holy Spirit in faith. It's not just words we speak. It's not just some magic potion or, or um, uh, you know, a, a cadence or something we just say and repeat. It's the, something the Holy Spirit gives to you, and when you speak it, it becomes life It's activated. It's the power of God. It's clear. It's unmistakable. It's undeniable. It will come to pass. It is short to the point and devastating to the enemy. It's the spoken word, just not a passing thought. Can you stand together with me as we close this morning? Now, I want to say this about the word of the Lord. Do you know... A lot of us have been have received a word. God has spoken to us. You know, some words will come to pass immediately. Some words will happen almost, you know, as soon as you say it, it happens. Some words take time to come to pass. Sometimes it's either the Lord is waiting on His timing, and you have found your time is not His. <laughs> Or sometimes he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to speak and agree with what he said, and then what he said will come to pass. All right. So are you going to agree with what he said about you? You know, I, I want to encourage you. I listen. You know, we we have folks who come here who who flow. You know, I, on one of our board members, Greg DeVries, You know, he flows. I've stood, folks, for hours. And watch this man prophesy in word of knowledge. And I just stand amazed. You know, I don't have the gift like he does. There have been times where I've uh, stepped into it, but it's not something I flow in. But man, he'll just sit there and he's like he's reading mail. He's seeing stuff and he's hearing stuff and he's and you can tell it by the reaction of the people he's talking to. Don't you love those times? Those are so cool. Oh so I need to get him back. Because man, it's so neat to see because the people will be looking, they're looking at he has no idea what he's saying, but I know what he's saying, and only the Lord knows what he's saying. That's when you know that's a given word. All right? But God wants to speak to you and I. So I want to encourage you to during these holidays oh listen (laughs) Thanksgiving's past now come on up honey Thanksgiving's past now you know now it's a blur between now and the end of the year it's crazy out there y'all The people acting crazy but you and I need to get to the place where we're listening to his voice and in our warfare we need to find that place oh God I need to find that place to where you're giving me that sword of the Spirit, to where I can be certain of my victory. Amen. Let's pray.